Pray this prayer with me. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Hi, I'm Gary Henderson, one of the pastors here at Providence Church, and I welcome you to this time of worship. I pray that in some way the Lord of the church will speak to our collective hearts. I'm having a memory. I remember graduating up to the Lord's Prayer. Let me be clear that it is not where I started. Maybe some of you started where I did. Maybe we have a shared memory. It goes something like this. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. God bless mommy. God bless daddy, God bless sister, God bless brother. It's a long litany of God bless. It is the same place that we started our son, James Tyree, in prayer. However, every generation is a little different. James Tyree, named after his grandfathers, would skip over the second clause, the part about dying. He refused to pray it, and he would go right to the God-blessed litany of names. As young parents, we just celebrated that he was praying. We believed, as you do, that prayer is foundational to Christian living. We believed, as you do, that we must teach our children to pray. We continued this practice, and in due season, he too graduated up to the great prayer by the grace of God. The graduation moment is different for each of us and happens at different seasons of our lives, but graduate we must. Maybe over the last several weeks as we have been praying this prayer, you have been graduating up. I believe the early followers of Jesus knew something about graduation and the maturing in prayer. They sensed there was something missing in their prayer lives as they witnessed Jesus praying. I love the way the writer of Luke's gospel introduces the prayer to us in chapter 11, verse one. They, meaning the first disciples, have just witnessed Jesus praying, and one of them comes to Jesus and says, Lord, teach us to pray. This request rings loudly in my spirit today. Lord, teach us to pray. Matthew introduces the prayer quite differently. The prayer is situated right in the middle of Jesus' most famous teaching series, the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus offered those great blessing phrases in this sermon, and he said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are, they, are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. 
Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. As Jesus continued his sermon series, he taught about the value of being like salt. We are to season our environment. Jesus challenged his listeners to bring out the rich, godly flavors in their own lives. He told those following him that they are the light of the world and they should let their light shine. He refers to his own ministry as the fulfillment of the law. He taught on murder, adultery, divorce, and the value of simply speaking the truth. Jesus says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Jesus says that anything beyond yes and no is evil. He dismissed the traditional belief of an eye for an eye. He tells his listeners to love their enemies and pray for them. Jesus instructs his hearers to be generous toward the needy. Jesus says, do not be a hypocrite when you pray and use many words with the hope of being seen and impressing others. This sermon preached by Jesus sounds like a long list of warnings against doing evil. I am struck by the placement of this great prayer, right in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus says, this then is how you should pray. Listen to the prayer as I pray it, but don't skip over any of the clauses as you hear me pray it. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. You see, the prayer acknowledges God the prayer declares that God's name is holy. The prayer asks for God's will to be done on earth. All of these are directed toward God. It is formulaic. It is a model for us to follow because prayer is not initially about us and what we want and what we need and what we are concerned about. Prayer is about God. Then the prayer turns to us with several specific requests, several asks. The prayer asks for daily bread. It makes no mention of weekly rations or large reserves. It implies that God can be trusted. The prayer asks for God to forgive us as we forgive others. It acknowledges that we have all done some stuff and need to be forgiven. It links 
our ability to be forgiven to our ability to forgive. The prayer asks for protection from temptation and rescue from evil. In this ask, we must own our personal ability to do harm and to do evil. It acknowledges our tendency to hold grudges and to point our finger to the offenses of others and never, never, never see ourselves as the offender. We must change our perspective regarding our cooperation with evil. The Apostle Paul reminds us in Ephesians 6, put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. Said another way, Paul invites us to stand against the deceptions of the evil one. Paul too is interested in our deliverance from evil. We must, we must adjust our posture and give up the comfortable, safe spaces of silence and consent. You see, our son really did skip over, always, always, a certain clause in the first prayer that we taught him to pray. After his repeated repetition, we realized that for a child, this phrase about, if I die before I wake, could be frightening. There are parts of the Lord's prayer that are frightening too. They are the parts of the prayer that are frightening at any age. They are frightening because they require an uncomfortable self-awareness. They are parts of the prayer that if we're honest with ourselves today, we skip over. Forgiving is frightening and it is hard work. Acknowledging our own potential and ability to do evil is scary. Other people, other people do evil, not me, not us. Pastor Jacob, over the last several weeks has reminded us that evil is real. He reminds us that God can deliver us from evil. Pastor Jacob reminds us that we do not have to fear evil. He says we can take our stand against evil. I add to that short litany now. Evil is not abstract. We must change our perspective regarding our cooperation with evil. We cannot afford to be blind to evil as faithful followers of Jesus Christ. We must continually ask God for help in living into the promise made in our baptism. 
to reject the evil powers of the world and to repent of sin. We must not be afraid to ask God to open our eyes that we can see evil in whatever form it takes. We must not be afraid to look upon evil. I looked upon evil when I stood in the killing fields of Cambodia and remembered the more than a million people that were killed during a violent civil war that were now buried in mass graves before me. I saw evil in Rwanda as I visited the Genocide Museum and reflected on the ethnic conflict that left more than a half a million people dead in 100 days. Neighbors and family and friends were killing each other. Who would have thought it? My son and I looked evil in the face as we visited the lynching museum in Montgomery, Alabama and stood before jars of soil and jars of clay collected from lynching sites all over America, including my hometown of Jackson, Mississippi. I saw the vestiges of evil in Berlin, Germany, as I crossed Checkpoint Charlie and examined the remains of a wall that formerly separated families and friends and neighbors and a nation. But the good news is this, the wall came tumbling down. Gwen and I wept before evil as we stood in a dungeon where women and girls chained naked together, women of Africa were there under the sanctuary of a church where others were worshiping just above them, singing Christian hymns. I heard the evil sound of an assassin's bullet as my neighbor Medgar Evers was gunned down as he returned from work. I was a boy of only six years of age, but I still remember that night. You see, I see evil every time I see a hangman's noose used as a symbol of racial and political terror. Oh, I flirt with evil. In me, every time I see myself as the center of my universe, you see, it's all about me. I flirt with evil every time I see myself as the center of the universe without regard to the diversity and the difference and the richness around me. We must be willing, like the disciples gathered with Judas and Jesus at that Last Supper, when they, I believe in turn, asked, Lord, is it I? Do we betray Jesus by our silence 
and our consent? Have we cooperated with evil? My sisters and brothers, healing requires naming. I hear Jesus again, and I hear the power of his words in clearer ways as he says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Because he knew that evil is not abstract, neither is it generic. The evil one comes to kill and steal and destroy, to kill our better selves, to steal our dreams, and to destroy our communal life. The evil one is not able to see humankind as fearfully and wonderfully made. The evil one is not able to see the imprint of the divine in the other. The evil one is not able to see us. The evil one is only able to see me, myself, and I. The evil one always needs an other. What do I mean by an other? You know, someone not like me, someone less, or different, not as valued, not as important, not as worthy. The evil one needs an other. I believe there's far too much othering going on. But do not lose hope. Do not despair. Because we are prepared for spiritual warfare. We have the whole armor of God. Moreover, our armor is tempered and strengthened by God's love. Allow me to let you in on a secret. Evil loses its power in the light of love. So I say to you, let your light shine. Let your light shine. Maybe you are the candle to separate the darkness. It only takes one. Martin Luther King Jr. said, and I love this King quote I've visited many times over the years. Love is the only power able to turn enemies into friends. As I come to a close, let me offer a next step or perhaps a homework assignment as we seek deliverance from evil. First, I invite you to adjust your vision. I first heard this life-giving phrase while in South Africa. It comes from the Zulu people, an ethnic group in the north of the country. It is a way of greeting. The phrase is sawabona. Let me see if I could translate it somehow into English. It means, I see you. It means you are important 
to me. It means I value you, sour bone. As I see you approaching me now, and I greet you with that phrase, I'm looking for you to respond in some way. And you might say, Yebo, Sawabona. I see you seeing me. It conveys the sense that until you saw me, I did not exist. We have an opportunity to see each other. When we see each other, we resist evil. People are crying out to be seen. Marginalized folk everywhere all across the spectrum are crying out to be seen. Our family members are crying out to be seen. Our children, our spouses, our relatives are crying out to be seen. When we see each other, we acknowledge the imprint of the divine. When we truly see each other, we get a fuller glimpse of the rich diversity in the handiwork of God, and we're able to say, oh, it is good. When we see each other, we can say, like God says, it is good. We can join the Zulu brothers and sisters and say, Sawabona, I see you. I, I see you. We need to see each other as fearfully and wonderfully made by God in the richness of our difference. Jesus, 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 teach us to pray. Jesus, 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 teach us Pray, pray with me now, this great prayer. Don't skip over a word or a clause. May the prayer take new root and good root in us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us Deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.